More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're not talking about January 6th today, because remember, today, they're trying to distract you from what really matters. We're going to show you what really matters tonight on I'm Right. You want to creep yourself out? I've got a little experiment for you to do after the show, or maybe you can pause the show or whatever, but I I want you to do something. It's going to creep you out when you do it. Think about, just pause for a moment and think about everything that's going on in the world right now. The gigantic things going on. Worldwide, locally, huge news stories going on all over the place. Inflation, possibly hyperinflation. We have border. We have, look, I'm going to go over a bunch of things tonight. Russia's mobilizing. It's just crazy stories going on right now in the world, right? So we, we can all agree on that. But you ready for the creepy part? I want you to pick five news sites. Well, news sites, I guess I should say. Pick five. I don't care what they are. This is the first things come to your mind. Uh, ABC, CNN, whatever you pick. I want you to go to those websites and look at the front page. Just the front page right now. You're going to be blown away. All these gigantic stories going on, all these super important events going on in the world as we speak, what are they all talking about today? January 6th. This is insurrection, the anniversary of a coup. And it's not just that one of them is talking about it. They all, collectively, every one of them, every part of the system got together today and decided, ooh, what's the message? Hey, guys, what are we, what are we talking about? 6th, January 6th, okay, all right, we're good, I got, I got it. They're all talking about the same thing, 
and none of it is about the big stories that matter. You should be creeped out right now at the efforts that are made to distract you from the real news going on in this country. I'm not doing a January 6th show, because January 6th doesn't matter at all. I'm going to do a show tonight on the stories that matter. We have a president who's not a functional adult. If you had a guy who trimmed your bushes out in front of your house, assuming you have some bushes, but if you had a guy who came and trimmed your bushes out in front of your house and he was mentally not doing that well, you would still be a little bit concerned, if not very concerned. Shoot, you'd probably want someone else, wouldn't you? That's a guy trimming the bushes. It's not a small thing that the president of the United States of America is not a functional adult. He's just he's simply not a functional adult. That's a huge deal. And I'm probably as guilty of this as anybody. We just laugh about it, right? Because it is funny. End of quote. It's, it's Jill. Where am I? I don't, uh, I don't. It's funny. It's still really important. Do you have any idea how many phone calls that guy gets in a given day that are really, really important? Do you have any idea how many meetings that guy has to have in a day? This foreign dignitary, this chief of staff, this senator wants to sit down. We have a potential crisis here. Major, life-changing, world-changing decisions are made every single day by this person. There's a lot of reason to be hopeful in 2020. Joe Biden is not able to prosecute his duties as president of the United States of America. And we have now, we have poll after poll after poll coming out showing that 50% of Americans see it. I mean, they know it. They, they're looking at it. They're thinking, ah, oh, this is not good. But this is a really, 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 really big deal. They don't want you talking about that today. They want you talking about January 6th, the coup. We're not doing that. They don't want you talking about the border right now. Now, I realize unless you're in Texas, Arizona, California, New Mexico, one of these states, sometimes the border can almost seem just too far away, right? It's too far, oh, whatever, I'm, I'm sure we got some people coming across. You know what the numbers are right now? Let me read you some numbers here. Border Patrol agents apprehended 1.9 million migrants that illegally crossed the border, and there were 500,000 getaways, or gotaways, they call them. By the way, they have no idea how many gotaways they were, there were. That's just an estimate. Why don't they know? Because they got away. But back to my point here. Okay, 1.9 million. All right, man, that's, that's bad, right? But good thing we got them, guys, right? It's, ooh, got them. Where are they? They're here. The Biden administration, because they didn't want to get saddled with more concentration camp video and pictures of detaining these people on the border, and they didn't want to actually deport anybody, because Lord knows we can't deport anyone in this country, they let them in here. 1.9 million of them. That's not a small thing. That's remaking a nation. That's importing 1.9 million people with no ties to this culture whatsoever. No appreciation for America, American values whatsoever. 1.9 million people. 
just welcomed right into the United States of America without a second thought. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. They dropped them off at a, at a little motel somewhere. Hey, we'll call you when your court date is there. That's how we've handled things. And they don't want you talking about that today. They don't want you talking about them purposely remaking America while also trying to do amnesty. It's funny how that works. They don't want you talking about that. They want you talking about some guy in rhino horns on the Capitol steps. They don't want you talking about inflation. And I don't have to sit here and preach to the choir uh, to you about inflation right now. Because you see it. You feel it. We're making changing decisions in my house because of it. Look, we're sitting down, probably going through the exact same thing you're going through. And we just actually had this conversation last night, as a matter of fact. Wife and I sat down. We go over our budget now and then. She's an accountant, right? So, so we go over the budget and, and, and how are we doing here? What do these bills look like? Hey, what's the bank account look like? How are we just budgeting, basic budgeting stuff. And we sat down last night and I'll tell you, uh, we're fine, don't get me wrong, but we sat down and said, man, we're poorer. Something's different. There, there's not, we were supposed to have this, but we were supposed to have that. I, I, do you think we should adjust here? I think we should probably cancel this. Hey, can you call, see if we can get a reduced rate here? I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. I know, I know you're making these decisions right now yourself in your own house, and that's every single American. That's 330 million Americans right now going through this. And the President of the United States not only doesn't have a plan to fix this, uh, he's apparently shocked by the whole thing. But I was sitting in my kitchen yesterday, and there's a sunroom off the kitchen, and my wife was there with her sister and a good friend named Marianne, and she was saying, do you realize it's over $5 for a pound of hamburger meat? $5? Well, this is partly, you know, the pound of beef today costs 5 bucks compared to less than 4 bucks before the pandemic. Shocked about that, Joe? That's funny. We knew about that as soon as it hit. I remember, I remember wife came in. You have any idea how much meat is now? Honey, I know. I know. But he's shocked about the whole thing. And maybe we should, you know what? Maybe we should just be happy with the shock. Because remember, the backup plan is dome. As soon as Biden officially just can't do it anymore, and they cart him out the back, in comes Kamala Harris. She gets asked about inflation. And honestly, I have, I have an 11-year-old. And he's a pretty savvy 11-year-old, but he's still 11, right? I'm pretty positive if I has asked him about inflation and the inflation crisis, I would get a more coherent answer than the vice president of the United States of America gave right here. People, they are going into their third year of this pandemic. You're talking about cost of living. Mm-hmm. Was it wrong to consider inflation transitory? I mean, these price spikes seem like they're going to be with us for a while. We have to address the fact that we got to deal with the fact that folks are pay, paying for gas, paying for groceries, and are, 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 are need solutions to it. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Short-term solution includes what we need to do around the supply chain, right? So we went to the ports of Los Angeles, Long Beach, Savannah, Georgia, and said, hey, guys, no more five days a week, eight hours a day, 24-7. Let's move the products because mm-hmm. people need their prod- They need what they need. We're dealing with it in terms of the long term, and that's about what we need to do to pass Build Back Better. It strengthens our economy. Okay. So I'm not going to talk about January 6th today. Today I'm going to talk about Afghanistan. No, I'm not going to let it go. 
no, I'm not going to forget about it. Let's just make sure, I, I know you know, but let's just make sure we recapped what happened. Joe Biden wanted a cheap and easy political win. So without even gathering up all the American citizens in the area and getting them out first, he just said, all right, everyone on a plane, we're gone. And they took off from Bagram. They took off from our base over there. Okay, well, unsurprisingly to everyone who has, actually has a brain, the Taliban quickly mobilize and begin to take over the country. The country begins to collapse right away. Well, this looks disastrous to the Biden administration. So they then double down on their idiotic efforts and they send our guys back in, only they send them to just a normal jerkwater residential airport, which put a bunch of our warriors standing in the middle of gigantic uncontrolled crowds outside of the airport. An ISIS suicide bomber then walks up to our warriors and blows up 13 of them. Brave men and women, gone. Then, in response to this, Joe Biden gets asked about all this disaster, and this is what he had to say. But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. I'm sorry? That's <laughs> four or five days ago. Oh, oh, that wasn't his only response to the disaster. He did do one more thing. We sent a Reaper drone out and we drone striked 10 people. The problem is they were innocent people. One of them was an aid worker who worked with us. Seven of them were children, adorable little children. But not to worry, they did an internal review to check out what was wrong. And then they came out and publicly announced, hey, it's nobody's fault. No one's gonna get in trouble for it. They announced that publicly. You're going to have to forgive me if I don't spend the day talking about January 6th. You're going to have to forgive me if I don't focus on the lies that were told. Lie after lie after lie after lie. They lied while Trump was president about the virus. Then Joe Biden campaigned lying through his teeth about shutting down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. If he had any integrity at all, which I know, honestly, you're probably already rolling your eyes as you should. If he had any integrity at all, he'd resign immediately. I mean, after all, it's what he said Trump should do. You hear nothing else I say tonight. Hear this. Anyone who's responsible for not taking control, in fact, not saying I'm, I take no responsibility initially, anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. Resign then, Joe. More people died under you than Donald Trump with a vaccine. Don't talk about the things the communists want you to talk about. Talk about all the things they don't want you to talk about. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We're going to talk about the FBI next. Talk about things that make you uncomfortable. But first, let's talk about quality. You see, when people buy holsters for their weapon, they go cheap. 
Or they just go whatever's easiest and convenient. You end up grabbing a holster just off the shelf in whatever gun store you're in. I've got news for you. I've had a lot of very good gear. I've had a lot of very bad gear. Bad gear fails at bad times. That holster is not just a pocket where your weapon sits. It has to last. It has to endure. It has to be there three years from now after the sun, the rain, the wind, the snow, whatever you're in, three years of beating, it has to be there ready to release your weapon the way you want it released if, God forbid, you need to use it. Where'd you get your holster? Northwest Retention System, they do custom-made holsters. Custom-made holsters right here in America. Yes, their designs are obviously really cool. I love their designs, but... It's the quality that blows me away. Check out their Scout chest holster. Check out their sling, my AR sling. I got that, too, from Northwest Retention Systems. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. You get 10% off. We'll be back. Those involved must be held accountable, and there is no higher priority for us at the Department of Justice. Whoa! That was the Attorney General Merrick Garland calling out the FBI. I mean, he wasn't, but that's what he should be doing. He was trying to say, uh, we're going to hold people accountable for January 6th. Why are we talking about the FBI more in this country? I mean, forget about the FBI, DOJ, NSA. Why is the biggest story in America not the complete politicization of the federal government? I mean, you realize what a gigantic deal it is that over 95% of federal employees vote Democrat every single time? We have taken every single piece of the federal apparatus and we've stocked it full of communist agitators. Now, that's one thing if that's the uh, Department of the Interior or something. Uh, the parks! That's another thing entirely if we're talking about the Federal Bureau of Investigation. If we're talking about the National Security Agency. I mean, look, we breeze it. I'm not going to breeze past this. Let's make sure we recap the NSA. Remember, my friend Tucker Carlson went on his show and said a whistleblower came to him and told him the NSA was spying on his private text messages and emails and gave him enough information so he knew it was true, that they were giving him specifics, so he knew it was true. And then shortly after that, somebody from the NSA leaked some information to an American media outlet, and they publicized it trying to destroy Tucker Carlson. We have the NSA attacking an American media personality because he goes after the president. Are you prepared to accept how frightening that is? The power these people hold? They could right now and probably are be reading my text messages, your text messages. They could right now be lying to the FISA court in order to get a warrant to spy on you to spy on me? How's that meme you shared on Facebook look? About those private emails you sent to your brother, one of your old boys. They could be reading them, they could be using them as justification to spy on you right now. And look, I'm not gonna breeze past that either. It's kind of the biggest deal in the world. The FBI, under then President Barack Obama, lied to the FISA court, 
falsified information to the FISA court so they could get a warrant to spy on Barack Obama's political opponents. Um, what? And now we're at a place where the American people know it. At least a huge percentage of them do. 46% of Americans believe Joe Biden is using the FBI as his personal Gestapo. 46%. That is a gigantic number. And it is a really, really, really big deal if that many Americans now officially think the institutions that run their country are completely rotted and broken and corrupt. And speaking of the FBI, have you ever been to Washington, D.C.? I've had the displeasure of going quite a few times. One thing that will stick out to you, especially as you get up around the Capitol, once you get close to the Capitol, it really blows you away. The cameras. There are barriers, road barriers, and cameras everywhere. I mean, you look up, there's just a camera everywhere on every building, on every street corner. It's just camera, camera. There's more cameras and a half a block in D.C. than I have here in the studio. There's cameras everywhere. Why haven't we caught the person who planted the pipe bombs at the RNC and DNC one year ago today? I mean, look, there he is. There's there's still a photo of him. It's not as if, I just want to clarify here, because you could say to me, Jesse, well, a guy's wearing a hood and a mask. They can't tell anything. One, you have no idea the capabilities of what they can tell from that still photo. Two, with that many cameras in Washington, D.C., They have the ability to track that person coming to and from wherever he's going right there easily. Are you telling me that person walked several city blocks in a city with cops and cameras everywhere with a hood and a mask on? Are you really going to try to convince me that that actually happened? Don't even bother. The hard truth is... It looks like the FBI doesn't care to look into it at best. And at worst, maybe he had a badge in his pocket. And what's really, really pathetic right now is with all this nonsense going on today, Republicans just continue to screw up and screw up and screw up. Why can't anybody speak plainly anymore? Why is Heavy D in Florida the only Republican who seems to get what time it is? When they try to act like this is something akin to the September 11th attacks, that is an insult to the people who were going into those buildings. And it's an insult to people when you say it's an insurrection and then a year later, nobody has been charged with that. People are being charged with disrupting proceedings or that. I think it's very important the fact that if this is what you said it was, why are you not charging people? So I think it's going to end up being just a politicized Charlie Foxtrot today. Um, I don't expect anything good to come out of anything that Pelosi and the gang are doing. I don't expect anything from the the corporate press to be enlightening. Um, I think it's going to be nauseating, quite frankly. That's how you speak, Republicans. And don't get me wrong, I'm glad there's someone out there who speaks that way. Why aren't all of you speaking that way? All right. We have my friend Julie Kelly coming up next. She wrote a book about some of the very dirty, dark goings-on from our government on January 6th. We'll talk to her about that. But first, how are your allergies? You get them? Let's pause that for a second. How's your, how's your house smell? Got any smells in your house? I know you do. I'm, look, I know you keep a clean home. That's not me pointing fingers. 
homes acquire smells over time. Pets, cooking, whatever the case may be, your home acquires smells, soaks into the paint, soaks into the carpet. My home doesn't have any smells anymore because I have three Eden Pure Thunderstorms. I originally just bought one, full disclosure, bought one, put it in my room. My sons came in a couple hours later. My room smelled so clean. It doesn't cover up the odors. It takes the odors out of the air. So my sons came in and stole it and took it up to their room. You know how kids are. So I went and bought two more. Now I have one in my room, one in my son's room, and one in the general living area. My house smells wonderful, and I don't have allergies anymore. And you can have it, too. They have a steal for you right now. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the promo code JESSE, and you save $200 on a three-pack. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. You get three of them for under 200 bucks. Go now. We'll be back. Joining me now is my friend Julie Kelly, who has written a book about January 6th. See, I told you I wasn't going to do a show on what the communists wanted us to talk about today. But if I do have to address January 6th at all, there's nobody better to talk to about it than Julie Kelly. She wrote a book called January 6th, How Democrats Used the Capitol Protest to launch a war of on terror against the political right. Julie, what did they do? What for you know what? Forget pause there. What happened on January 6th? What really happened? Not the official narrative of these violent Trump insurrectionists. What happened that day? I mean, it was a confluence of factors, but what it looks more and more like what is happened, Jesse, is that this was an inside operation orchestrated by the government including the FBI and DOJ, which was supported in a Newsweek, Bombshell Newsweek article that was posted on Monday. Also, D.C. Metro Police, um, Capitol Police, and of course, Democrats in the House. So were there bad actors that day? Yes. Um, did people behave badly? Were they caught up in a mob mentality? Yes. But it see, it's more increasingly looks like this was orchestrated, organized by the government, probably the FBI, just like the Whitmer kidnapping plot, and lured a lot of otherwise mm. innocent, nonviolent people into doing things they otherwise would not have done. What do you mean by lured? Because I, I, I know what you mean. I want you to explain, because I, I continue to look at this video, and I talk to people who were there, and they almost all say the same thing of, I felt like I was allowed to be there. Right. Right. So you definitely have video now that's supported by surveillance video where Capitol Police are letting hundreds of people into the building on the Senate side of the complex. So we know that that's true. We also know that police, D.C. Metro and Capitol Police, started attacking the crowd with explosive devices, pepper balls, sting balls, rubber bullets, and tear gas to sort of incite the crowd. And this really provoked a lot of the confrontations that you see between protesters and police. And I detail this in my book for anyone who thinks I'm just, you know, making this up. It actually is true. But what we learned this week, Jesse, is very important. We already know there were FBI informants running into groups like the Proud Boys, right? But what was confirmed this week is that contrary to what Christopher Wray has said, the FBI and DOJ were staging elite teams of FBI hostage rescue teams, SWAT teams in Quantico the weekend before, deployed hundreds of these special agents to the Capitol 
early on January 6th. They entered the building. They were on the Capitol grounds. Now, what were they doing? Uh, and this flies in the face of the idea that this nobody was prepared. The FBI was caught off guard. Uh, this completely contradicts even sworn testimony by Christopher Ray that they didn't have intelligence or any reason to believe that this would have turned violent. We know this FBI is not trustworthy. We know it's interfered in elections. We know that it's gone after Donald Trump and his family and his associates. There's no reason to completely dismiss the idea that the FBI did not play a central animating role in what we saw happen on January 6th. I did see, by the way, congratulations. I saw the big man himself. Trump issued a statement about your book. When I tell you it's a book worth reading, it is a book worth reading. All right, Julie, I want to move on because I, Americans are the first ones, and understandably so, if Vladimir Putin locks up his political opponent, they're the first ones to run out there on social media. This is tyranny. This is Stalin. You can't do that. I feel like people do not realize we have political prisoners right now in the United States of America. Their health is failing, and it's all about politics. That's exactly right. We have a political prison in the shadow of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Right now, we've got more than four dozen men who are housed there under pretrial detention. So this means that they have been denied bail by the government at the behest of this Biden Justice Department. Federal judges have signed off on this, deeming them a threat to society because they were involved in the alleged insurrection. Meanwhile, their trials have been delayed into the middle of this year. Um, I keep saying next year, the middle of this year and pushed back for months. Some of these men will be in jail over a year and a half before they can even have their trials begin. Right now, there are 83 people across the country who are being held in prisons, uh, denied bail, awaiting trial, awaiting the evidence against them. Um, and so the reason why is because they protested Joe Biden's election. And you have Merrick Garland, who proved himself again yesterday as a highly partisan, dangerous, and, and dishonest attorney general, bragging about the fact that he is going after people who protested his boss's election on January 6, 2021. And so this is very dangerous territory, but these men are being treated as political prisoners and punished. Their lives are being destroyed. Families, uh, as you can imagine, disrupted, uh, bankrupted, et cetera. Uh, and this is all part of the revenge campaign against the Biden regime, against Trump supporters. Julie, you mentioned earlier that big, scary kidnapping plot in Michigan to kidnap the governor, and it turns out it's just a bunch of feds. Uh, Julie, right. I, I know you've seen it. I mean, you've seen a lot more than I've seen. I've seen a lot of video of certain people. Ray Epps is a name I hear a lot encouraging a lot of people to go into the Capitol, raid the Capitol. And Ray Epps, as far as I know, is walking free today. What happened? Does the FBI not have his address? Well, I don't know. I mean, they, they certainly do because reporters have managed to find him. Ray Epps is one man who has repeatedly on camera encouraging people to go into the Capitol building. He is the man who spoke to the first protester who breached the Capitol lines. Before Ryan Samsel, who's the first man who actually overturns sort of the barriers outside, the person who whispers in his ear before he does that is Ray Epps. Ray Epps has not been charged. Another person who hasn't been charged, Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers. He is person one in now six superseding indictments against 20 Oath Keepers. He is person one, an unindicted co-conspirator. Yet a year later, he is in charge while people who committed no violent crime allegedly associated with the Oath Keepers have been in jail since January, February, and March awaiting their trials. So the question now is who hasn't been charged? Not who has been charged, but who hasn't. 
you also have this whole group of men in the Proud Boys who are wearing these neon caps. None of those men have been charged. And now that we know there were hundreds of FBI agents on the ground that day, we really need to start asking more questions who the uncharged people were uh, on Capitol grounds and inside the building that day, because that will tell us a lot. Julie, one other thing people seem to have forgotten about is the pipe bombs. I remember very well that day. There were pipe bombs found at the RNC and DNC. I've even seen some grainy still photos of the, the perpetrator. Now, we, I, as far as I know, Washington, D.C. is right up there with London, probably some places in China as the most surveilled city in the world. I mean, there's a camera every 15 feet. How have they not tracked this uh, guy down? Well, it'd be sort of embarrassing for the FBI to arrest another Fed, don't you think? I mean, this is a question. <laughs> this is a question I get all the time, and this prompted the first set of evacuations. This prompted sort of the fear, and it's important to note that the, these pipe bombs were allegedly found five minutes before the joint session of Congress was scheduled to begin, when they did begin. And so it just seems like the pipe bomb thing is sketchier and sketchier, why that person hasn't been identified and charged, but yet that really set off sort of the fear of that day. Um, and But no one seems to be asking Christopher Ray or anyone else in the Biden regime what happened to the pipe bomber. That story has been buried, all, as, as you could see today in the coverage. No one in the media, corporate media, is talking about the pipe bomber anymore. Hmm. How about that? Oh, finally, I remember Nancy Pelosi all over the news running her mouth. This is all Donald Trump's fault. It's all Donald Trump's fault. But there are some appropriate fingers to point her way, are there not? <clears throat> well, there certainly is. It's not Donald Trump's responsibility to uh, secure the Capitol building or Capitol grounds and keep lawmakers and staff safe. That duty rests with Nancy Pelosi and DC Mayor Muriel Bowser. So the question is, another big question, why did they decline offers, especially by the president, of additional security? Why didn't they want thousands of National Guardsmen there to fortify the perimeter a lot of people who went to the Capitol grounds after the president's speech had no idea that it had been shut down to the public. Why did they intentionally keep the building and the grounds uh, not secure? And my belief is because this was part of an inside operation. D.C. Uh, Metro and Capitol Police had their marching orders to incite and attack the crowd early, provoke them, and lead to a lot of the confrontations that we saw. So it's not Donald Trump's responsibility. It is Nancy Pelosi's, and we need to dig deeper rather than, oh, we, they just weren't expecting anything to happen because, of course, they knew exactly what was going to happen. Well, maybe she was half in the bottle by then. Julie Kelly, the book is January 6th. I would highly recommend it. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks for having me on. All right, we got my friend Sean Davis with The Federalist coming up next. But let's talk about health insurance. Don't I, I know. I know. Just bringing up shopping for health insurance gives me the heebie-jeebies because I had to do it so many times. And I remember the last time I had to do it, I was on my phone and I had like 10 tabs open and I'm going through them and the wife even had a couple tabs up. And I, what's, what's their rate? It's the worst thing in the world. It's the worst thing in the world. I'm about to make your life easier though. One Share Health. It's a faith-based group. And you have so many insurance options for you as an individual or your whole family. The works, vision, dental, you name it. 24-7 telehealth, outstanding rates, outstanding coverage options, and they have a deal for you. 
If you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly and use the promo code Jesse Kelly, you actually get $75 off your enrollment fee. And I know that's precious right now. My.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly. Go, enjoy. We'll be back with Sean Davis. Now, uh, credible evidence was given to us that uh, people were harvesting ballots. Ballot drop boxes were previously allowed under Georgia law, uh, and we put some guardrails on that. One of that was having 24-7 surveillance during the pandemic. Otherwise, we wouldn't even be aware of this. So information was provided to us, and they said there's a, a, a witness, a John Doe, and so we're looking at subpoenaing that person to get the information exactly what did he do, what didn't he do, who retained him, and get the whole information. So we have some information and you know we've done a deep dive on the investigation and we'll be digging into that. We'll make sure that we can root out you know, absentee ballot uh, fraud wherever it occurs. Ballot harvesting is illegal in Georgia and we will prosecute it. Hmm, man, that's so weird. I was, I was told none of that stuff happened. Gosh, it's so odd. Joining me now is my friend, Sean Davis. He's the co-founder of The Federalist. Sean, could you explain? I mean, you know, I went to community college, brother. That word, what, the ba- ba- ballot harvesting. What, what's he talking about, Sean? Well, I'm glad it was an important enough issue uh, for him to address that he could stop playing with dogs for five seconds. Uh, he, he just really showed <laughs> the gravity of the whole situation there. I mean, where's uh, Brad Raffensperger been for a year? Uh, th- this is stuff that a lot of us have been talking about since the election. Stuff we knew would happen the second they turned the election into a mailbox election. And that guy went out there and played games. His staff leaked phone calls they did with Trump, and now he wants to pretend like he's on top of this whole thing. Dude's a joke. He is a joke, Sean. And look, I've been telling people, the communists are not just going to sit back and say, oh, well, it's going to be a rough midterm. We did the best we could. Sean, I'm worried. We're 10 months away from an election. I don't have something concrete to tell somebody, but I also know these people are not just going to sit back and surrender the house like it's all no big deal. No, they're not. In fact, you have one of their uh, their lawyers, the guy who's behind the Russia collusion hoax and behind a lot of the nonsense that happened in 2020, saying, you know what, uh, maybe we should be disqualifying members of Congress. Maybe Democrats should be going to court to ban people they don't want running against them running against them it's the uh, it's actually the barack obama play this is how that guy started his political career was by disqualifying his opponents so yeah if you if you think democrats are going to somehow sit back after watching everything they've done over the last 5 10 20 years if you think they're going to sit back and just let power be taken away from them you're nuts sean are we getting better on the right? I understand we have a long way to go. I, I get that. Are we getting better at playing offense, getting ahead of these people, playing the game the way they play it? Or are we still, because it seems like sometimes, man, we're still so far behind. Well, we are. And I, and I think we're always actually going to be behind a little bit because people on the right don't look as politics, don't look at politics as a religion. It doesn't consume our every lives. We don't believe we're sanctified and saved and redeemed by political activism. So we're always gonna be at a bit of a disadvantage there. But when you look at the base, I mean, I think they're pretty well radicalized. I think they know exactly the nature of of the political enemy we face. The problem we have as Republicans is our completely feckless and inept leadership that too often looks like controlled opposition 
rather than a true alternative to the nonsense that the uh, Democrats are constantly trying to foist upon the country. Sean Kamala Harris, uh, gosh, I just love her so much. She used her little speech today to uh, try to campaign for, man, a lot more mail-in voting. Here in this very building, a decision will be made about whether we uphold the right to vote and ensure free and fair elections. Let's be clear, we must pass the voting rights bills that are now before the Senate. Sean, who doesn't have the right to vote? What did I miss? Well, dead people in Chicago, for one, like a, a <laughs> huge portion of the Democrat base. Now, what this is actually about is Dems are afraid they're going to get their clocks clean, and so they've decided they need to change the rules, and then the person they want mediating all these rules is Nancy Pelosi. That, that's what this dumb voting rights bill is about. It's putting every election in America under the thumb of Nancy Pelosi. It has nothing to do with fairness and freedom and election and voting. It's all about Democrats controlling the scoreboard and controlling the refs and controlling the rules so they can win even when they lose. Sean, a lot of people have chosen to forget, we have not, the FBI planning a kidnapping of the governor of Michigan. I, I, it, this is something that just kind of the news kind of brushed it aside. It was about a headline for about 15 minutes, and then I'm sure they deleted it off the website. But we were told there were these violent right-wingers out there plotting to kidnap the governor over COVID restrictions. And we start looking into it, and it's fed and fed and fed and fed and fed. I don't think we found an actual civilian in the group. No, I don't think we have at all, which should be surprising. I mean, this is a, a law enforcement agency. It's housed in a building named after J. Edgar Hoover, quite possibly one <laughs> of the most corrupt cops to ever draw breath in America. Uh, they're behind all the nonsense. They're behind the Russia collusion hoax. Uh, they were the ones cooking up fake warrants. And then we find out in this big, uh, big expose, which they were super eager to talk about, that it was the feds behind that stupid kidnapping plot, too. Uh, I'm at the point where just as a default, until someone can prove it otherwise, I just assume that all the nonsense we hear about, the feds are behind it. And, it, and it, the burden is now on them after 50 years of their nonsense to prove that they weren't. Sean, what can we do about them? I, 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 it's, it's a big problem. I know we can't do anything while Joe Biden's president and they have the House and Senate. I get all that. But should a miracle happen when we actually get those things back over the next couple of years, please tell me we can actually do huge reforms because it's a big deal if the Federal Bureau of Investigation is now just the weaponized political arm of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I think my starting point is not that we need reforms. It's that that entire agency needs to no longer exist. It doesn't exist to keep America safe, to enforce the rule of law. It exists to prosecute the political enemies of the ruling regime, period. And we've seen it over and over again for the last five years. We had a bunch of left-wing loonies take over the Senate, uh, peddle absolute lies about Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court justice. We had these people caught dead to rights, lying to the feds. And the feds just kind of shrugged and were like, eh, no problem. I mean, we had people behind violence in the uh, 20. 16, 2017 inauguration of Trump, where the feds went and looked at it and said, yeah, you know, we don't really feel like pressing charges. So as long as this agency is going to act like it's been acting, it doesn't need to exist. So that's my starting point. Agreed. All right, finally, Sean, Waukesha. I know we're not supposed to talk about that. We were supposed to, you know, focus on the really solemn day we're having here about the coup and whatnot. But 
I haven't forgotten that a racist black nationalist named Daryl Brooks got in his SUV after the media went on a white supremacy campaign in the wake of the Rittenhouse verdict. He got in his SUV and hunted down a bunch of white people in a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, mowed down over 60 of them, killed a bunch, including an eight-year-old boy, Jackson Sparks, whose parents just celebrated Christmas without him. Yeah, Democrats don't care. The media don't care. When they get out there and they say, oh, political violence, it's so bad. You know, the, the message that we were trying to put out while BLM left-wing activists were burning half of America, uh, the, the left and the Democrats, they don't care. They don't care about those families who went without their loved ones over Christmas. They don't care about the Capitol Police officer who was killed last April uh, by a black activist separatist who went and uh, attacked the Capitol and killed a cop. They do not care. And they don't even pretend to care anymore. They erase that thing from the news because it's inconvenient to their narrative. All they care about is power. They don't care about facts. They don't care about safety or freedom or fairness. They care about doing anything and everything they can do to keep power. And if that means disappearing inconvenient narratives when their friends and their allies go and kill people, so be it. Sean Davis, everyone. Sean, thank you, my brother. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Coming up next, we have Lighten the Mood. And I know you think I'm hard on the communists, right? But I'm actually going to give Chuck Schumer his say. He is the Senate Majority Leader, and out of respect to him, I'm going to allow him to say his piece, all right? It's coming up next. All right, it is time to lighten the mood. And as you know, we're not doing a January 6th insurrection coup show today. But I, I thought, look, we always want to respect the office, right? It's really important that we respect the office. And Chuck Schumer, he's the Senate Majority Leader. So I thought, I, I realized this took place a while ago, I thought it would just be appropriate, as long as we're talking about you know, the, the, the insurrection and the coup, I... I I thought it would appropriate would be appropriate if we heard just a few words from the Senate Majority Leader. Make no mistake, there will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection, insurrection against the United States. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.